Hello everybody and welcome to episode 74 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and back alongside me once again is Chris Fint. Or should I say, it's the opposite way around that I am back here alongside you. Because you are. I was not here for the last episode. Yeah. I don't know how I managed to get out of that one. You made a chosen departure for that one, didn't you? It's like, oh, we have to do all the doctors. Colin Baker's, oh, I can't, I can't do, oh, Chloe Webber. I know, I was caught with Chloe Webber. You were, you were drawn. Uh, I, had to, I had to fight my way out of a crayon maze. You did. Um, basically what you did was, I don't know what you did actually. I think you um, drew a little like bazooka and shot her and killed her and then yes, please. came back uh, to life. Very much so. I don't know what happened but you're back and we're moving on to a slightly more... Um, slightly better doctor um, than the last doctor that um, I talked about and his um, companions that were just awesome indeed and uh, it'll be an episode which I feel is not one that uh, is as you described for the sixth doctor a waste of your time no that honestly hands down that one that I watched the Mark of the Rani has to be one of the worst Episodes that I've said I cannot stress this enough is that 90 minutes of your life you will not get back again. <laughs> it's not, but uh, yes, everybody, it's episode 74 of Operation Retroshock, the seventh of our 11 dedicated episodes to the 11 men who have officially played the doctor, which means it is Sylvester McCoy's turn. And uh, Chris, tell the lovely people what episode that is getting discussed. Today. Well, to all you lovely people and you over there, um, either Lex Hunter or Mike Lacey, whichever one of it, yeah, it is. Um, that's still listening. That's still listening, yes. Um, <laughs> it will be Battlefield. Uh, the reason why I've decided to discuss this one is because um, it features the return of a certain person. And also it's one that, uh, probably one of the, that doctor's better episodes and uh, obviously his assistant um, is still pretty synonymous with the Doctor Who universe and probably one of his best companions well that that would be his best companions so um, yes it's Battlefield and we'll get on um, to it and so we will Okay, so I'll set the scene here for you, everybody. We start out, uh, the TARDIS materialises in the English countryside near the wonderfully idyllic village known as Carberry. When I first saw that, all I could think of was Carberry chocolate. Well, you couldn't even spell Carberry chocolate in the text. I know, autocorrect was terrible. (laughs) But um, the big thing that's going on here is the fact that there's a nuclear missile convoy um, in the area under the command of... Unit's current brigadier, Winifred Bambera. Yes. This is a ju- what a name. Yes, exactly. What and a name. If you are familiar with Red Dwarf, this is the character who played the female Lister in yes. like one of the first seasons of it. So just to get you a picture of what um, she actually looks like, she's been in loads of other things, I think. As yeah, well. she has. So she has. But. This being Doctor Who, everybody, everything isn't as simple as it seems. It isn't just your regular unit movement of a missile convoy or anything like that. Of course, they happen to run into difficulties. Of course, then, that means the fact that the Doctor will make his appearance. But the big thing going on here, besides the missile convoy and unit, is the fact that lying on the bed of the nearby lake is a spaceship from another dimension. Exciting. Yep. Exciting. Um... 
which happens to actually contain the body of King Arthur from like medieval times. So this is kind of your opening twist to this uh, this show. Is the fact that King Arthur is here. And also has the sword like in the stone yes. as well. So it does. Exactly. Um, and King Arthur, the reasoning for King Arthur being here is that he is supposedly being, he's been held in like some sort of suspended animation and stuff like that. And uh, as Chris mentioned, his sword Excalibur is also there. But um, after that... We see that there is a knight that isn't also floating about here from another dimension, which he he provides a few comedy moments throughout the episodes. It's fair to say. Yes, the the good one provides comedy moments with um, Bambera. Yes. Um, in the car and things like that. Um, later on, um, like he asks her, "Is is my lady vexed?" and goes like, "I'm not your lady." Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. But yes. Um, but I think uh, there's a certain person he steals the show. Yes. But uh, the good knight's name is Anselin, and uh, he's arrived on Earth, obviously, to aid his king. Um, but you can't have a good knight without a bad knight, and uh, his name is Modred. See, every um, time I hear that name, I just think Modern. Modern Undead, yeah, yeah I know what you That's what, what mean. I think of. Maybe someone had a, you know, a thing for that sort of style of name. Maybe. But Modred, uh, you know, being the bad guy, always has backup. And uh, his backup actually happens to come in the form of his mammy. <laughs> his mother, who is like this powerful sorceress, and she's called Morgan. And again, when I heard her name initially, all I could think of was migraine. <laughs> as in such a headache. But um, the twist here is the fact that uh, Morgan recognises Sylvester McCoy's doctor as Merlin. Yes. So, you know, we all know the whole next to the round table, King Arthur stuff. There was the wizard Merlin. And it seems to them that the doctor is in fact Merlin. And the doctor thinks about this and comes to the conclusion that obviously as um, we've seen, if we think about uh, the David Tennant episodes in the future, uh, with the the Shakespeare episode uh-huh. with Martha. At the end of that episode, we see Elizabeth coming in, who's really, really angry with David Tennant's doctor, and he explains it the same way that Sylvester McCoy's doctor does here, is that it is obviously something that is happening in his future that he has not actually experienced yet. Yes, yeah. So Spoilers. Yep. Yeah, we never get to see it uh, occur, obviously, but um, it's another nice thing to kind of have in sort of the um, Doctor Who lore, so to say. But um, a battle then ends up breaking out between uh, Unit and uh, Morgan's forces. Um, This is where sort of the original Brigadier kind of comes into his own element here. Yes. This, as we all know, is his last proper official main episode of Doctor Who. We know he comes back for the spin-off and Sarah Jane and stuff. But this is kind of his swan song, so yeah. to say. So he because he's kind of like doing stuff in the garden, mm-hmm. and his wife Doris mm-hmm. says um, about you know like you, it's Geneva, they need you, blah blah. blah. And he says, "Tell them we're tired." They say that the doctor is there, and it's only whenever she mentions the doctor that that piques his interest, himself. and it's just a case of you know like 
because obviously the doctor and him have a, such a history mm-hmm. you know that's why it's a case of he wants to go and sort of see one more time into the breach yeah exactly it's like um i'm not dead yet kind of thing mm-hmm. but yep the brigadier the original brigadier comes out of retirement in order to assist in the crisis and uh, there's an enemy in this called the destroyer which um, to a lot of Marvel fans that'll ring a bell in the Thor universe but it is not the same enemy so uh, don't cause that confusion at all but the Brigadier ends up using silver bullets to kill the Destroyer um, which was the Unshackled Beast by um, Morgan and it was apparently going to devour the world so well done to the Brigadier for solving that issue because um, you see that near the end of the whenever she unleashes it whenever um ace and i can't remember the other girl are in like the drawn circle uh show young yeah whenever they're in the circle i think uh, they get this um she gets excalibur and then he comes in and the doctor ace and the brigadier see that what is that and um the doctor says i need to go and take care of it and brigadier goes oh my look at that spaceship and the doctor turns around and he punches him or knocks him out and uh he says like he says like you scumbag or whatever so brigadier goes in to sh- the blow it you know to shit him and he says like um are you the are you the the monster says like are you the best the world has he goes like no but i thought i'd give it my best shot mm-hmm. and just keep shooting and then blows the place up yeah and then the brigadier actually jumps out you know like um he almost got killed yes the doctor goes over it goes like why you stupid man and then he's <laughs> just like do you honestly think i'd stay in there doctor it's just like i know from you and then just things like that you know so um that's basically the ending of it but obviously we've got more to cover yes but that's basically how it ends um you know with the general gist of the story yes exactly so it's just to show that the brigadier i have a funny feeling that they were going to do like they were going to do in star wars with han solo is kill the brigadier off mm-hmm. which but they couldn't bring themselves i to. think it's just such an iconic character that you mm-hmm. re- i think I think uh, looking back at it now, I think if you were a fan then, you would have been like, "Oh well, you know, like he's had a good running." Whereas I think if you were a fan now, you go like, oh, "They killed off the brig!" It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's unheard of, really. That would be kind of, I know this sounds really dopey, but kind of we don't have the brigadier authority, but I think like Captain Jack would be as close as we would get to that. Yeah, because. Captain Jack has kind of been one of the main guys that everybody keeps saying they will want to come back, and it's a, re- it's a really weird thing, you know. Considering he's had his own, you know, spin-off series in Torchwood, but everybody still wants to see him come back into Doctor Who, and it's simply, I think, of more than anything because we've had Matt Smith and not a single Captain Jack appearance with uh-huh. Matt Smith. Yeah. Matt Smith has had a very sort of isolated run as the Doctor. The only real this is off the top of my head that I can remember. Person that he's met, that he met as tenant, is River. Yes. I might, I, I might be getting it completely no, wrong, but it's the no, main No, you're right. One. You're right, because obviously... Everything was kind of like a fresh start. Everything else is, you know, like once they'd done the end of time... Because they, it was RTD they, they tied it all up, you know, mm-hmm. like they... 
they showed you, you know, say, uh, Captain Jack, they showed you Martha, they showed you Donna, they showed you Mickey, you mm -hmm. know, like, so, no, you're right, um, that River is the only one that's kind of crossed over to the Smith mm -hmm. era because the companions are brand new, mm -hmm. um, so I don't think there's anyone else that's actually no. appeared in his there timeline, you know. But Captain Jack just seems to be such a much-loved character. You're probably right, he's probably the closest to a character with sort of the love that the Brigadier had in terms of modern, you know, the modern Doctor yeah. Who. Um, no, there's nobody else I could think other than Captain Jack that people would kind of be a bit like, you know, oh, you know, would want him back or, you know, they wouldn't be happy if he got killed. Yeah. Because the thing is, and I know we're getting a wee bit sidetracked here, everybody, but bear with us, it's all good talk because it's kind of 10th doctor -y talk more than anything. Um, but... Uh, I think the love for Captain Jack was kind of solidified by the fact that it was effectively... No, not that, Chris. I'm not going to tell you what Chris was uh, motioning there. But, um, see, you're trying to... <laughs> you've nearly thrown me off the pace. But his kind of place in the show was solidified when it turned out that it seems very much like that he is the face of Bo. Yeah, and the fact that he is indestructible Yes. as well. So he is like the Doctor Who version of Captain Scarlet. Yes, pretty much. So, But anyway, back to Sylvester McCoy, yes. Doctor Who. Yes. But um, we haven't really mentioned Ace a great deal. So we haven't, you know, we've always had this thing about our companions, but we'll mention um, the sort of stuff that Ace gets up to in this episode. Probably the main thing that kind of stands out to everybody in this uh, story is, uh, and if you've watched the likes of the extras for the show as well, is obviously the security systems on the ship activating in case and Ace getting like trapped in the tank yeah. and it getting filled up with water and such and if you've watched the extras you can see the absolute really really bad situation that could have occurred yes but that was just the case of that what that was meant to break the glass was meant to break and it didn't and somebody had had to actually lift her out so the thing isn't it don't you hear mccoy shouting i think get her out yeah something like helper or whatever mm. um so you actually just in the episode you just kind of see her being risen up mm -hmm. and then uh i think they explain it that she goes like it's almost like a vacuum that she goes up and then she comes out of the water hole in excalibur mm -hmm. and then she gives it to your mom yeah um but the thing with Ace is that, you know, Ace was, Ace wasn't, you know, like picked up in like, um, you know, a faraway universe. She was picked up on Earth. Ah, she was a moderate. She was that time frame. It was just like a council estate mm -hmm. person, but I can't remember. Almost, what, almost a wee bit like an original Rose in that aspect. Yeah, you know, I can't just remember what estate. her name was. But one thing with Ace is, I never knew what age she was. You know, like mm -hmm. Rose looks young, whereas for me, Ace was kind of you know tried to look say 18 but was pushing the mid or late mm -hmm. 20s you know like she was a good character because for me she was probably the most aggressive character mm -hmm. which matched with that doctor but i i always love the sort of the the back and forth between the mccoy doctor and ace was some really really good stuff and it shows you the sort of different doctor that McCoy and was as well. Plus the fact that she keeps calling him the professor. Yes, and he's and like, don't call me professor. Uh, but she keeps on calling yes, him the professor exactly. as well. But the cool sort of stuff that they would get up to and you know, she always was carrying explosives around and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, well she does that in and this and, and the he, baseball bat. Yeah, but the doctor's always like, you know, 
the doctor's you know meant to you know deplore violence and you know not want to you know take up a gun or weapon or anything like that but he'll still sneakily in situations go you know you aren't you know going against my wishes and carrying blah 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 and she'd be like oh no 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 of course not professor and he said because you know I wouldn't want you you know going and putting it here or going and yeah. using it and doing this and she's like oh no no of course doctor and then of course she would go yes. and do it it was kind of his indirect way of yeah. telling her yeah. to go and use it because there's a scene in this where for, um, the doctor says to Brigadier I'd like you to meet Ace you know like she knows about explosives you go like oh yeah and then she sets something up and then set it for 60 seconds and after about 20 it goes off and you go like well nobody's perfect um <laughs> But no, I, I like, like in Remembrance of the Daleks, she's the only person I've ever seen attacking a Dalek with a baseball bat. You know, so fair play to her. And you know, like she still is involved in in, in a big way, you know, like doing the big finish stuff as well. So mm-hmm. um, she is, I know that she, my boss in work, that um, she is actually one of his favorite companions would mm-hmm. be Ace. I think it's because she is for even you know, for even that time period, you know, the 80s, she was a very strong female character. Which is what you needed, especially after the one he had before that, which yeah. we'll touch on at the end of the show. Exactly, but um, we'll just mention another one last wee thing in regards to this episode because the humour Mr. Vint beside me. But that is the fact that, uh, you know, yes, everything gets solved and sorted out in this episode. And, you know, um, the evil knight tries to set off the nuclear warheads, but it doesn't occur. Um, But at the end, the brigadier shows the doctor Bessie. Yes. Um, It's like after they're loading the ammo up and said that we need to get somewhere. And it goes like, oh, I have something for you. And uncovers it and the doctor says oh Bessie I had it I had it um, stored in mothballs whenever you went away I thought you might need it and Ace is laughing at the car saying how, how stupid it looks and uh, not the 16 like 3 years and then you see it take off and she's going like cool <laughs> like just taken aback by how busy it is because obviously in the Pertwee era whenever he had Bessie obviously it just looked like they fast forward it you know, like they just sped up the time very much like they did in Knight Rider, wherever they just made yeah. the car look like it was going a lot faster than what it did. Um, but no, I mean, I know we've kind of brushed over this this episode, but it's just the fact that it has the Brigadier, the, one of the the only person that has um, starred in a role with seven of the Doctors, like the first seven Doctors mm-hmm. um, he starred with. Um, I think he did a big finish audio with the 8th, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the big thing was in the Dimensions in Time, they put ba- Colin Baker and Nicholas Courtney, the Brigadier, together, so they had the 6th and the um, the Brigadier beside each other, mm-hmm. and interacted just to fill that void, yes. so that was kind of, that's the only reason I would say to you to watch Dimension Time, because apart from that, it is a complete farce and just you know that was did you watch it yes um because at the start you have to put on your 3d glasses oh dear. And it's like you know like the ones you get from the beano or whatever. your red and blue flipping yeah, 3D exactly. glasses. And it's just like oh, the classics it, it looks terrible um but no it's worth 
it is a worthwhile exercise for this now Sylvester McCoy is nowhere near as bad a doctor in my opinion as people make him out to be I think he's very um, different in the fact that he's very loud he can be very comedic at times the way Sylvester McCoy will pull all these funny faces very much like we kind of did in some episodes especially one that you particularly laughed at whenever the cord went around yes and he was laughing you were laughing at um Autons. yeah but um I, I i actually quite i think he's probably one of my favorite underrated doctors mm-hmm. you know like so he would you know like i would rank him above say like colin baker or um you know like the one we'll talk about next uh the paul mcgann but um do you remember who played Morgan? No. She is the former wife of John Pertwee. Oh, really? She's a former wife of John Pertwee, so she is. And uh, it was her third Doctor Who appearance. Oh, right. So it was. See, I thought you'd like that wee piece of information in regards to that. And I think John Pertwee will make you happy in that aspect. But um, one other wee thing I think there's a cool line in this from the Brigadier and it kind of you know harks back to the history we know with the Brig is that whenever he says I just can't leave you I just can't keep you out of my sight that but another one is um, my blood and thunder days are long past so as in you know he should be retired effectively you know he doesn't have the you know will to continue on with the craziness and his life that the doctor had uh, provided him with in that aspect but no you know this is um, you know a really good episode if you're wanting an example of the seventh doctor if you're unsure of the seventh doctor and you want a character there kind of to ease you in this is the perfect one to go for obviously the likes of say curse of fenric and the remembrance of the daleks are both really highly sought after and highly thought of is what I meant to say mm-hmm. um, episodes in their own right yeah. but this one here you know like some people don't think much of this and much of the storyline but the reason is that we love it because it has Nicholas Courtney in like his last yeah it's um, another it's a, just it's another meet between the Doctor yeah. and the Brig which is just so fondly remembered effectively yeah. exactly um, so obviously we've talked about the Doctor um, and we've talked about the Companion but in terms of companions that Sylvester McCoy had, he had uh, Bonnie Tyler who played Mel, and then he had Ace. So Ace compare, we have to compare Ace to Perry from the last one. Right. Hands down for me, Ace would clubber her with a baseball bat, no questions asked. Ace would clubber a lot of that sort of previous time frames, you know, uh, companions, simply because she was such a different companion to the others, you know the others were so sort of girly girl yeah and she was far from it but I think that's what made me like her um, was that you know like I really enjoyed um, her portrayal and I just really wished that we had seen you know like we saw Sylvester McCoy in the 8th and you know like with the um, Paul McGann yeah the TV movie which is going to be our next thing but I would have loved to see her kind of you know like start off you know like with her saying goodbye to the doctor and then kind of progress you know like making that tied up yeah because it would be a nice thing to see that you know she had actually traveled with him that entire time so literally the vast majority of the seventh doctor's you know 
generation that regeneration phase of the seventh doctor was spent with ace yeah but it didn't happen but ace for me was far beats perry perry for me was just a whiny eyed woman um and ace just was far from it and just wouldn't take no stuff from anybody mm-hmm. um, where, would, where would you rate ace in the grand scheme of things i would probably rate her quite highly you know, she wouldn't be alongside the likes of a Sarah Jane or anything Ag- like that. Again, she would be a very underrated. I mm-hmm. think she, like, I think she, like, maybe Joe Grant would be one of the f- forgotten companions. Mm-hmm. You know, people go like, ah, oh, Sarah Jane and you know Rose and I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, you know, like whether they think of the other ones. You know, the very first one, like Barbara or whatever. But uh, no, I would say. Ace would probably make my top five, so she would. Yeah, she'd um, definitely be up there. You know, um, because she is such a, a spunky companion. Yes. You know, like she is just very balls to the wall and kind of, you know, the hell with the consequences, you know, as you're saying, blowing stuff up and things like that. But no, I just think she's a very good companion. Um, you can't actually get the Ace Adventures box set, um, which has like a couple of McCoy stories. And um, that's one that I actually pick up. I actually saw it for six quid up in that head place, but for some reason I didn't pick it up. <laughs> um, so I might do that at some stage. But um, no, I think I think as we said, you know, like this is a good jumping on point if you're behind in your doctors and you've got a wealth of library to go with. Um, this is one of the ones that we would recommend. Because I think you know, obviously, this is where classic Doctor Who effectively ends for us all with McCoy yeah yeah, because it's the seventh doctor you know it's the last doctor before we get the TV movie and then the eventual return uh, with the ninth doctor yeah it's a shame that I think McCoy could have done a bit more with the doctor you know it's just it's it's typical BBC being typical BBC I think it's very much in the grand scheme of things like football or soccer Mm -hmm. whereas you're given a bit of a chance and if you don't produced then that's it away you go yeah um so um it's not a case of you know like he wasn't a bad doctor but i think just the ratings weren't there um but i think if he had been in place of maybe say colin baker mm. i think he maybe would have been given more of a chance yeah um but yeah we're not gonna knock colin baker in any aspect like that but it's just the way the the cookie crumbled yeah exactly but exactly. um where would you rate McCoy in the grand scheme of the Doctors then? Well, I would probably have him just somewhere in the middle, you know, sort of upper middle, just above the middle for me. Yeah, yeah, he be. He wouldn't be a sort of. He wouldn't be anywhere near the likes of the Davisons or a. He'd be. He'd be in. He'd be in the safe zone. He wouldn't be anywhere near the relegation zone. You know, like, but he'd be up near the top. But that's that's a question for another time for mm. whenever we have our companions yes um that may be whenever we ask them to rank in order from one to eleven from their favorite doctor their least that'll favorite be, doctor that'll be an interesting one yeah exactly in fact i should actually make a note of that so <laughs> um doctors one i remember 11. i remember to ask them that because i remember we tried to do that um um scaling before and it fell flat on his face yes um so we'll try it that there so yeah but we'll do that um is there anything else we want to discuss in regards to the seventh doctor no i don't think so no so that will do it for uh this episode everybody uh we hope you have enjoyed our discussion in regards to the seventh doctor sylvester mccoy 
But uh, coming up again in just a couple of days is going to be our wonderful discussion in regards to the one-off appearance of the Eighth Doctor played by Paul McGann. And, uh, you know, as we haven't actually been telling you the episodes uh, here and, you know, before we actually discuss them, uh, just to give you a bit of a mystery, we kind of can't hide that from you this no, time. It's a Doctor Who movie. Because, movie. because it's a one-off thing and it's the only time he appears on actual screen as the Doctor. So yes, it's the Doctor Who TV movie uh, with Paul McGann as the Doctor. So, yep, tune in in a couple of days for that and we shall uh, see you all then. So, farewell. <laughs> <laughs>